But guys, I'm obviously not fluent in Italian, but um, you're not fluent in anything but idiot. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> And we are back, or actually, I should say, buongiorno. <laughs> More like, <laughs> ciao. <laughs> actually, buongiorno means good morning, doesn't it? More like goodbye. I've been practicing that for like a good two hours now, and I just, yeah, completely butchered that. But um, anyway, we are back. Um, welcome, guys, to the Popcorn Dinner Podcast. We'll be talking about the finales of one of the best shows of the year, mm-hmm. White Lotus. And today we are joined by my good friend Haja from the Downtime with Haja podcast. Haja, ciao. Ciao. Hello, everyone. I'm happy to be back for the final installment of White Lotus season two. Yeah. Um. I mean, before we get to that, let's you know pay some bills first. <laughs> um. Obviously, don't forget to. <laughs> rate review subscribe to all our platforms mm-hmm. um obviously get back to us with feedback or any suggestions leave some dms for us you know whether it's for this or for some other reasons you know it's called out here and we've obviously got to be <laughs> you're you're so tapped you're so tapped <laughs> obviously got the youtube as well we can see our faces and our trims lol and yeah obviously Give us some feedback. We do appreciate it. It really helps us going forward. I do have like a couple of interesting episodes coming up as well. So, guys, don't forget to tap in. And yeah, let us get to the episode. I think I got that. I think I got the intro right. Yeah. All right, Hadjo. White Lotus season two, episode seven. I always watch this word. Arrivederci. Is that it? Arrivederci. 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 Talent is so sexy, man. So what do you think about, like, the episode there? Obviously, written by Mike White, directed by Mike White, so you guys need the gist now. I thought it was... I thought... So I thought it rounded up certain things absolutely beautifully. Mm-hmm. Didn't round up one or two things to my liking, but I don't think it makes it a bad finale. I will say, though, the peer, the the pacing was very on finale like really and the fact that the run yes and the fact that the runtime was an hour and 15 minutes and i yeah. didn't feel like they like i feel like okay like at this point we've had enough ocean shots like let's fill mm-hmm. it in with the characters <laughs> actually filling out their arcs and i just felt like there have been episodes throughout the season that have been 53 minutes but yeah. felt so full of content yeah and i feel like for the finale to not feel that way was a bit disappointing but overall i am happy with it like i'm pretty much happy with it and i think that fundamentally like you know it's not a who done it really you know so i'm not i'm not too focused on that you know yeah i, I think that's a good point as well i think i mean finales are always really hard to do because you're always trying to wrap up yeah storylines and it's like what are you aiming to do are you leading on to the next season or are you um, just sort of wrapping up everything or are you just kind of giving people what they want in terms of like fan service and all the conspiracy uh, theories and shit like that? But I did like this. I did, I did feel quite like it, it did enough. It was okay. But I mean, mm-hmm. there were a couple of people, for example, Harper, where I felt that I didn't do enough for me in terms of like her storyline. Really? 
not really. I think I wanted a bit more from her. I think, I mean, this finale was definitely all Tanya and Ethan. Majority of um, mm. screen time. And obviously, um, Lucia and Mia as well. Maybe a bit of Valentina as well, but I don't know. But it's like, what more did I want from Harper? Which is, I guess, another question I ask myself every day. I, th- hmm. I think I would disagree with you on that. I wouldn't lie. So who would you say you wanted more from or you weren't quite satisfied with in terms of like their storylines? I definitely wanted more from Albie. Really? Um, yeah, I wanted more from, you know, um, Daphne, sort of more of her in terms mm-hmm. like on her own as opposed to her as an attachment to Cameron. Um, or Ethan. And, and I wanted more from the gays. I wanted more from the gays. I wanted more of the... These gays are trying to kill me. Well, That I mean, was so funny. Tutti, tutti says to gay. We're all gay. That was so funny. That was hilarious. And Tanya yeah. was like, do you know um, these gays? I'm like, I've definitely heard that once or twice in, during my walks down in, in Brighton. Also, is Maria... Also, sorry, Mia. Is Mia the queen of like all the ugly dresses? Did she just have all wow. the ugly dresses in Palermo with her ugly ass green dress who's been the best dressed person this season um i'd say harper for me at least <laughs> me it's just like no i don't like anything you're wearing babe what's going on i like lucia's dressing as well mm-hmm. should we start with um obviously we need to start with tanya i think because that was <laughs> i mean she went from like sherlock holmes to freaking john wick didn't she so <laughs> <Edemil. laughs> i'm not i'm so like so, on the one hand, I'm happy. I feel like that's a very satisfying ending. And I do think it would have been a bit of a drag to have Jennifer Coolidge again as another vacation guest in a third yeah. season of The White Lotus. Like, that would have just been a lot. Mm-hmm. So, like, I sort of... I don't know why, but something... You know, I thought... I You know, last week I said that I thought Tanya would find a way to escape. And I was right, she did. But her own folly... Yeah. She was the cause of her own death by her own folly. Um, which is also a, go- a good fitting end, you know? And... And I feel like I'm, even though I predict, predicted that Portia might die, mm-hmm. I'm so happy she didn't. And I think that, yeah, I think that was good. Um, I think with Tanya, though, the, the only thing I didn't like is because there's like, okay, so was it Greg that hired the gays? Like, was that ever really, really finished? Mm-hmm. But I also feel like it's okay that we don't know. Like, she's mm. dead, right? So. Yeah. And it's know, kind of, um, yeah. I mean, I think, I don't think this is how Mike White has aimed for the White Lotus to um to be structured but i think that obviously each season there will be new characters but i think that there might be a little connecting conduit between seasons not mm-hmm. not like a i think this and tanya storyline might seem definitely more in season three so it might be like a little connecting um storyline from season two and season three but obviously or like it's like, a headline in a newspaper that i guess yeah, yeah, yeah something like that it's kind of like a little black mirror like um the black mirror formula kind of thing but um, mm. I I really enjoyed like the whole. Obviously, I mean, sucker for who done it right. Whether I mean, even the worst who done it ever. Just clue me in. I'm in. Yeah, hmm, clue another who done it. That's me. My hosting gigs. Yeah, um, the clue is a who done it. I really enjoyed like that first like twenty twenty five thirty five minutes of her trying to like piece it all together. Yeah, and her kind of coming to the realization that oh my god, I'm actually going to die now. 
and Greg mm-hmm. and Quentin and all of that was just plus a phone call with Portia. But isn't it insane how she just like literally it's like she doesn't even threaten with the gun. She just comes out shooting. I thought mm-hmm. that was so insane of her. Like she's insane, but also she's so That was real. pretty. <laughs> I was like, when the hell did you learn to shoot like that? Like plus it's a sm- I mean, there's a lot of things to nitpick in this episode. For example, why the hell did that mafiosi go in that the paramour? Why did he leave his bag just like you know hanging around there and it's got yeah. a gun and it's got like things that's going to murder Tanya with? Why is it just like there? Why can't she see it? Surely you'd think that even if it's like a small gun, yeah. you'd have it like in his belt or something. And it's like, why is he just there? And stuff? So anyway, the funniest part of that whole thing was the other gay just running and swimming in the ocean. That was <laughs> so funny. I literally burst out laughing when I saw that scene. <laughs> I think like it was really it's a dark comedy. Is that the right word? It, it was. It was. It was. It was so funny because. I feel like Mike White is trying to... I think he saw all the theorizing, all the essays. <laughs> and I think the uh-huh. thing about Tanya's death is that it is a weighty death. You know, you have the opera music playing when she drowns. Yeah. You have all this stuff. But then it's mm-hmm. also so incredibly farcical that it reminds you that this is really just such like... It, it is like one of those Commedia dell'arte plays, right? It is It is a farce, kind of. Like the, the, the guns, the running out of the boat. Like Was it... Was it funny? It Part of it was. Is it also like a death scene is funny? That's what I mean. It was farcical. Yeah. Yeah, it was farcical. It was but farcical though. I think just her trying to like figure out everything was pretty. And there were a bit, like it kind of veered between like really funny, but there's some really dark moments as well where um, Portia and Jack were having that kind of one. Like she definitely confronted him about like the whole, you know, nephews don't fuck their uncles sort of thing and you can see he does this thing with his face where he goes from like really you know like a geezer sort of guy to like this guy might mm-hmm. literally grab her neck right now and just end it all for there and um, for them then i thought jack and Porsche's like dynamic was super interesting because i think it revealed a lot about i think it's really interesting because he shows her, like, even though he's he's a young man living a young woman on the side of the road in the middle of the night, which is That's not, right. wasn't very hashtag ally of him. <laughs> but, um, you know, <laughs> I thought that it was really the solidarity shown between when he actually does let her go. He doesn't sort of use her phone own hands. He literally just tells her, go to the airport. Because I think he realizes that, like, in a world of Tanya's and Quentin's and powerful rich people like she's really nothing she has no power she's a, yeah mm-hmm. she's more privileged than him mm-hmm. she's a bit aloof and ungrateful but she's not in the position to hurt anyone the way he's been hurt she can't use him the way that guy his fake uncle has like i think that was one of those moments that made me realize like i see like she is meant to survive because at the end of the day she's not the real enemy to him at least right like mm-hmm. she's mm-hmm. just another girl who works for these people and yeah. these people are always going to find their way out you know so yeah. it's sort of like he helped her find her way out the way he was helped out only that his was very very more like you know it was transactional like you do this for me and you're sort of in my debt um yeah but for her she just got to go home did you just say like i mean his job if you're being a bit more cynical and pessimistic like his job was to do this um you know kind of distract Tanya and get her out of the way, then take her to the airport. Because obviously you don't want Tanya, I'm sorry, Portia, you don't want Portia there because you don't want an extra body because that's, you know, one 
bodies already a lot of problems, but an extra body will just be even more problems. So just to get her to the airport, let her, you know, go away and everything. So that's kind of the, the way I thought about things. But I think the story in this is don't hang around with any West Ham fans in uh, you know freaking foreign country because i mean i won't hang out with any of them in the uk Ooh, don't fall in love <laughs> with essex boys but you know what i i like tanya but this is her comic payment for what she did oh to that black lady in season one this is god but she she paid she gave her like 25 grand didn't she <laughs> oh i swear she didn't yeah, she gave her a bit of money, but I think it was kind of like the whole promise of her. It wasn't the same. Starting the whole she broke together. her promise to that lady. It's not the same. She broke her promise she to that lady. Twenty five grand. Twenty five grand is not. I mean, better than nothing, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, kind of on Tanya when she was when she went to old John Wick on them. Like, remember like that time when she shot Quentin? Then he seemed like bleeding out. Then she now asked him. Was Greg having an affair? And I was kind of like, is that the fucking, <laughs> is that like, what is going on at the moment? Like, is that the first question you're literally about to ask? Quentin I think it just shows the type of person she is, right? Like throughout the whole first season and even now, she's just so desperate for love. Like when we meet her in the first season, she's like burying her, her mother. Mom, right? She just looks to, she looks to fortune tellers to fill this void. She looks to gay party friends. She looks to, clueless assistant she looks to men and like she's just really you know as we said you know she said it herself the last episode she's always just looking to be played with and i think it's so funny that even in her life in danger she still wants to know whether she's like been betrayed in that way Mm. and it's not even funny at all it's just really sad actually and it's like girl you should have saved those questions for later (laughs) or you should have waited and shot them in the leg before and asked before you know yeah yeah but um that poor guy thought he was gonna renovate his palazzo and he ended up shot no chance, on a yacht yeah, anytime you just see tom hollander and anything it's kind of like, i don't really trust this guy at all mm. no he, was, he, was he does have a dodgy like, look there's like five four as well but anyway let's move on to the two couples Aren't you? <laughs> well i'm like five five get it right excuse me <laughs> yeah <laughs> aren't you like five ten the two couples um <laughs> Cameron and <laughs> Cameron. I actually am five ten, by the way. In case anyone wants to know, I was actually quite surprised at how tall you are. I was like, Jesus. Um, <laughs> Cameron, Daphne, Harper, and Ethan. I think Ethan gets like the second most amount of screen time this episode after um, mm-hmm. Tanya, and obviously you can see the whole. Uh, he's just like stressed out, isn't he? Because he definitely thinks that um, obviously Cameron has. Well, Ethan is the fucking worst, man. Is he the fucking worst? And I will never let up my agenda. All my homies hate Ethan, bro. All my homies hate Ethan. I hate Ethan to my core. Do you know why I hate Ethan so much? Because he was like, no. Because he said, oh my God, like, um, I'm always honest with you. You were always honest with me. Yo, so when you were like, like, he's, it's so funny because watching him have that, that absolute mental breakdown, that spiral where he's like, I know you're lying, I know you're this. And I was just like, oh, so it's not nice, is it? <laughs> so it's actually not nice, is it? To be constantly lied to and gaslighted. When you keep like, asking yeah. someone what's wrong, what happened, and they don't tell you, I mean, it's not nice. And it's uh. really funny, like, how he was, well, she was like, but I told you, how can I trust you? Then he came back to her and he was like, but I told you I didn't do anything. And he was like, yeah, is your word supposed to be better than her word? And like, what makes you 
you know, you're worth much better than hers and everything. But exactly. Really, really, um, really fascinating. But um, but let me tell you something. I think what's really interesting is because what she asked at the dinner after the whole sort of day is done, she says, what's going to happen to us? Yeah, what do you think about that question? I thought it was a really perfectly written, like, line. Mm. Because I feel like since they've arrived, even if they didn't know we were aware, there there was absolutely something wrong with that relationship. They yeah. just, the trip was literally them finally opening the can of worms and really just saying how they felt with each other. And mm-hmm. I think what's really, really interesting is that they sort of had to come face to face with the very chaotic element that was their friends' marriage mm-hmm. and what those dynamics were like and literally be thrown into the literally be thrown into the ring with those two people in mm-hmm. order to see how better they could be to themselves. And it's just sort of interesting because it's an element of like maybe they do have something or but there's also something really cynical and sad in that is it that like once you get to a certain level of success or wealth, having just a regular monogamous relationship just doesn't cut it anymore. And you need to have these weird games or these weird ultimatums. It was just really interesting to me because Ethan for sure fucked Daphne. I hope everybody knows that. I mean... I hope everyone knows that. (laughs) I thought they went for like a long hike. Oh, he... he, (laughs) No, 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 no. Ain't no hike that long. Gosh, Megan Fee. And ain't no hike that makes you fuck your wife that you've been rejecting for months. That was... Because let me tell you why he was... He was able to sleep with her because he was finally able to let go of that guilt. Of that jealousy, yes, yes. That's what... Sorry, of that jealousy. Yeah, and it's kind of like... That's what it was. What if... Do you think Harper and Cameron did more than kissing men? So at first I was staunchly in the camp of no, she'd never sleep with him, like surely. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like. Hmm. <laughs> so what made you? What made you? What made you change your opinion then? This episode did because the 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 narrative, like the way it was, everything was moving, and it made me feel like, oh, maybe we are supposed to believe that something happened between them. Yeah, but I think there's still something like. I think there's still something really interesting about the fact that it's a mystery. And and that conversation that Ethan and Daphne have on the beach, I think is so perfect. You know, she says, I'm a mystery to myself. She says that even when you're with someone, there's always a part of them that you won't know. And I think the, the larger message of that, at least in terms of this relationship for me, is just sort of like, if you're trying to lock down the unknown or completely have all your bases covered at all times with within a marriage or within a relationship, you're just always going to fail. And I think mm. what I sort of took from it is that you should always be looking to know who is in front of you in that moment, in those months, because that person is going to constantly be changing and evolving. And I also it also made me think at least like, that there is something to having that mystery in a relationship that sometimes it is okay for you to not be completely like glass and your partner knows everything and they see everything and they they it's it's not that simple so that's sort of what that conversation made me think about but i don't know what did what did it spark for you um definitely the same thing because like i think the question of like uh did Harper and Cameron do anything? I don't think it matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really don't think it matters whether, I mean, whether they did or they didn't, because I think in his head, he, it was kind of like, um, I mean, 
I had this jealousy in my head, but now that's gone because, you know, I've just, you know, I went for this long hike with, um, with Daphne, right? So I think that scene is basically saying doesn't really, like, obviously you can't be in control of everything, right? And there's obviously needs to have a bit of mystery into it. So I definitely agree with everything that you're saying. And I think that Megan Fahey is such a great, like, I watched that scene like four times because she was doing something with her face. And I'm just like, this is acting. The capital A. So let me tell you what it is with Megan Fahey. It's the freckles. She has a twinkle in her eye. I don't know how to explain it. Freckles. But if you look at her, she literally, I don't know how she does it, but she can command like a twinkle in her eye. There's mm-hmm. just always, always, always something going on behind her eyes. Mm-hmm. And it's like you can watch her. Like in that scene, she goes from sly to sexy to wistful to sad to mischievous and slight and i think what the really good thing about her is that and i think that's what makes daphne so like interesting and also kind of formidable is that she has this ability to sort of like spin everything like she's like a spin doctor but like an emotional spin doctor like i think sometimes she knows these hard truths but she has sort of like her and Cameron have this world that they live in, you know, they don't read the news there. They don't even <laughs> remember if they voted, they all this stuff. And it's like their, their marriage is part of this world and they've just created this set of rules and, and it's what works for them. But I think what makes her. Which is acceptance then. Yeah. I, I, I would say it's something more than that. It's not as simple as yeah. lying down and taking it, you know, like it's not no. as simple as, Oh, I'm just, you know, woe is me. But it's also not as simple as like, like a very like, arduous revenge either it's exactly. just i don't and know it's, it's something like, else right it's just word? a game it's just the right like, it's just the a right game word? yeah exactly exactly because i she had that face where when she was talking to ethan she said well she didn't say it but i guess with the conversation with harper as well it's like i am not a victim i am not mm-hmm. going to act a victim i'm going to do my own thing so i was just mm-hmm. thinking of, like what's the right word to actually describe what she's doing right now but i think she's an amazing actor i think there's something I know I I love her, but I think there's something to be said about that idea of like not being a victim because I think um a, I don't know if what like you know the character's doing is going to be super successful for her, you know, different strokes. But mm-hmm. I think it's sort of this idea of like if you or the message I feel of her character is that some women don't are not going to let the man decide no. what happens to them or they're not no. going to let the man decide if the marriage fails or they're not going to let the man yeah. decide if they're miserable and i think it's mm-hmm. also so interesting that harper asks ethan what happens to us or what's going to happen to us and he takes the lead to reignite that relationship in a way she sort of took it by sort of kissing his friend you know it's like this push and pull it's like a seesaw i just i just find it really interesting like i still feel like the beauty of this season and i think the the beauty of Mike White's writing is that till now it's the season finale. I've done and read and written notes and I still can't quite decide what every little thing means. But I think that's, that's where, that's where the, that's why it's good. You know? Yeah. 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 I completely agree with you on that. Um, kind of like, hmm, I've got in my, on my notes here. Does cheating actually help relationships? My column on Buzzfeed. Coming out, coming out soon. Um, <laughs> I feel like I can't lie. Uh oh, it, <laughs> it could, it could, it could. <laughs> you had that look on your face just now. You're like, 
Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, you know, you, you know, like when, um, <laughs> uh, I feel like you're about to do some wild shit right now. Okay. Whatever. Barclay has to cut this out, but, um, I was like, well, Barclay texts me. <laughs> Sorry. When Ethan and Harper having said Cameron and Daphne mm. just burst through the doors. Have like this big dirty foursome and stuff. <laughs> I literally thought that's what the. I was thinking that too. <laughs> I feel like that's their biggest mistake. Like, why did. Like, oh, I literally thought they They missed the opportunity like, to swing. Plus, like, they spoke about threesomes in one of the episodes as well. Yeah. Bloody hell. Like, Theo James. And <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, we'll, gosh. We'll, we'll get back to. Actually, let me just ask the question now. Do you think Karen and Ethan are still friends? After this trip. They're men, so they will be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's yeah. that supposed to mean? I've noticed this, like, I don't know if, I, I don't want to generalize, but I've noticed in a lot of male friendships I've observed in my life that mm-hmm. men are not very, like, that punch was enough. That's, that's, that's the most they're ever gonna, that's the height of them expressing how they feel to each other. Mm-hmm. And after that, they're just gonna keep moving on. And even if no one else changes until it reaches that volcanic point again, which is so crazy because throughout the episode, you see the volcano. Um, yeah. I saw, I literally have my notes like volcano with an exclamation yeah. mark. So yeah, with men until it reaches that eruption, there's never gonna be any conversation. And you can see that it's all, it's all so like primitive. It's all about the violence and it's like they need to let that out on each other. And I honestly tell you, it's like, it's so interesting to me because another thing that I find particularly, you know, hmm, about the whole, the, the marriages of the, of the foursome mm-hmm. is that it, it, the competition element is, is through every single thread. The way for Ethan to finally, um, fix his marriage is for, is for him to win his lifelong competition with his college friend who stole every girl from him. Cause now he can also yeah. say that he shagged his wife, which is why I'm so, I'm absolutely mm-hmm. sure of it. And you know, when they're going into that cave and she's, she's, you know, she looks gorgeous. Wind is blowing in her hair. And Oof. the song is like, I'm pretty sure the song translates to come to paradise. Yeah. And I just don't think that that is by accident. You know, <laughs> yeah. There is a lot of like how scenes translate with like art in terms of um. Sometimes mm-hmm. you see the paintings right before something is about to happen, mm-hmm. or right after something happens. Plus, I mean, they went for like the whole opera, um, and I've forgotten what I know. It's definitely about like this um lady dying at the end of it, which definitely Madam Madam Butterfly. Yeah, that was there Tanya. Yeah, Tanya's... That was Tanya exactly. Yeah. So I think like, what I definitely made this like plus obviously like the waves splashing. Yeah. Every, you know, five minutes in the season, so. Mm-hmm. F. Murray Abraham's still my good, though, because he's so fucking hilarious. Like, Let's move on him to saying that. that that girl could be his granddaughter, but she makes me aroused. Oh my god. I think the quote. And of then he today, says that it's an Achilles heel. Yeah. That's, that was my quote of the episode. Our Achilles heel is actually our Achilles cock. And I just like. Sure, it definitely reminded me of that Jay Huss lyric, which I've probably mentioned a million times. <clears throat> but, um. You can mention it again. <laughs> for those who are just listening. Right, the, the lyric is, I'll be a genius if I didn't think of my penis. That is, 
That is, yeah. You know what's so interesting to me? Like, I feel like, obviously, we have... Oh, no, Albi. We can go on to Albi now, because that's a perfect head well, to That's Albi. where we're on right now, yeah. Like, a lot of the folly of all men. Like, we see it all the time. And, like, you know, what's it called? Helen of Troy, the ship. It's so funny that Achilles' heel is a reference from, um, you know, um, the Iliad, because, you know, Paris literally went to war for a woman. Um, so Helen of Troy, you know, the face that launched a thousand ships. And it's so she interesting worth, to me. What's she worth Albie, going to war for? Um, love is always worth going to war for in, in Greek love mythology. Wins, hashtag. But, um, I mean, we kind of all suspected that. Yeah. Funny enough, I actually felt, I felt really bad for Albie. And I'm really, really happy that he ended up with Portia by the end because... I thought that that was a good ending. I'm happy they didn't make him into some evil incel. I'm happy he just realized. And I think, you know, when his dad said to him, you can't go around life just being this easier mark. And I was just like, I'm so happy the dad is giving him the money because this is one of those, if you don't hear, you must feel situations. And he just Mm -hmm. needed that to happen to him because he was Mm -hmm. in between like, I think he needed to have this experience in order to go between, I'm being a nice guy because... This, 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 and actually, literally having some real world experience and, and understanding women, and it's not just about mm-hmm. nice guy versus bad guy. It's about every woman needs a different thing, and some women are just there to get this from you, and some women are there for something else, right? So, yeah, I think that's a little bit of a, a stepping stone for him, and a little bit of maturity. But you know what? Let's hope that he's not, you know, a weirdo by the end. But I, I think he's a he's a good guy. I mean, you see all of this, by the end of the episode, he was, like, staring, I mean, oh, it was really funny, and cinematic, how, like, that girl, they were, like, checking in their bags, right, and the girl passed by, and they all... Oh, like, all three generations of them? All of them were all staring at us, yeah. I don't think that makes him a bad guy, I just think that makes him doomed to repeat his father's mistakes. But I also think, another thing that makes him shit, that's what I'm saying, right? They're all sort of, like, they have this... In, like it's the Achilles cock thing, right? It's an inescapable mm. curse for women to be their undoing. So he trades the, his mother's per- perhaps peace for 50,000 euros, right? Mm-hmm. When he says that he's going to put in a word for him, right? And he also proceeds to, you know, obviously look at that woman or whatever. And so I think it's like, I don't think Albi is the bad guy that we thought he would be at the beginning of the season, but he's definitely from a line of shitty men and he'll probably, he is likely to be doomed to make his, um, the mistakes his father's made again. Yeah. I mean, we kind of all suspected that Lucia was definitely playing in, but I definitely feel like there was something there in terms of like, she definitely liked the guy, didn't she? I thought she did. Do you know what I thought? I thought that though this episode was really, really interesting and in spa- in Italian, the last episode, um, mm-hmm. she says to him, you're so kind. I wish all men were like you. And you know what I felt That's like this I episode? I definitely think a huge part of her really did consider going with him to Los Angeles. Mm. And then, because when she hugs him, there's a scene when she hugs him and she looks over his shoulder and she sees her friend and she can't... And I think for me, it's like, oh, she can't leave her friend. Right. And this whole idea of the homecoming, right? And the old women rejecting them, right? So like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the um the old Italian women, right? They come and they shoot them away because they think that oh, 
you guys are they think that because they're americans they've come from this far land they're gonna come back and all this stuff you're so special like you know american exceptionalism right americans mm-hmm, think they're mm-hmm. so special and everyone around the world is just dying to suck their dick and freedom baby it's just not true right you've told us like you've basically told us by you telling us that you have to leave this place that we weren't good enough for you and we weren't up to scratch mm-hmm. and now you expect this one welcome and i think it's sort of a similar idea that like can would she really have a better life with him over there or is it just this you mm-hmm. know the the allure of the opportunity the allure, and, you know yeah. the whole grass is always greener and at the end of the episode when she and mia are walking in the street and laughing the song mm-hmm. is playing and it says the best things in life are free and i think mm-hmm. it, it it really goes to the heart of like what could really really be the basis of a relationship in which he had to save her with a sum of 50,000 euros or a relationship in which he would have always seen her as a as a sex worker or a prostitute like what yeah. i don't know like i think it's i think it 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 highlights the whole thing we've seen all season about how relationships are all very transactional and there's always sort of a bar to take in place but i think with albion and and lucia i think she had to make the choice am i going to follow a man or am i just going to do my own thing you know and again it's like what you said about him p- feeling like he had to free her from being a sex worker when in fact he didn't really no you know i mean cuz i mean cuz she got paid at the end by Cameron and she got yeah. the 50k as well from Albie and Dom so it's like what i mean how is she still working or is she just vibing right now with the 50k i mean she seems to be vibing she seems to be vibing yeah Oh, last time. And I think that's interesting. If she does like stop being a sex worker, right? Because she's got this huge big payout. I think it's interesting because it's like this is finally that money is her freedom and why mm-hmm. should she take use her freedom to follow another man who most likely and as we see from the illusion in the last episode in the last scene when they all look at that woman probably just sees her as another sexual object. So, what about men with a prize? Um sadly <laughs> I mean my comparison dumb I did enjoy the conversation with um with with Albie in terms of like I mean you did mention it earlier about how if you want to seek you know complete the whole redemption arc with his wife this is like mm. a really small 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 price to pay like but his his finale was just him staring at photos on his phone and I was kind of like mm. I guess this kind of That's actually true. I did want more from him too. I did want more from him, uh, but at the same time it's mm-hmm. that's his um connection to what he really wants which is obviously to restore relationship with his mm-hmm. um with mm-hmm. the woman in his life. So when he does get that phone mm-hmm. call, I did feel it was quite um satisfying is that the right word and the wife actually picks up and oh she's not, you know, she's busy. Mm. She was definitely fucking someone else. I hope I was gonna ask what she's fucking somebody else. (laughs) She was definitely fucking somebody else. I hope she's just fucking everyone. Okay, men, let me tell you something as a woman. If a woman ever picks up your call and she answers you, but she says, Sorry, I can't talk right now, I'll call you later, she is fucking somebody else. I hope you know. Or she just came back from a date. Maybe not fucking maybe she's just like busy with something else. Mm. Most likely she's fucking somebody else. <laughs> there's just another man or another woman, someone else that she's interested yeah, in is in the picture. Yeah, someone else involved. Yeah. Or she might be studying, you know, trying to get them grades, you know what I'm saying? Get a qualification. But um, it's really funny because, like, at the end, when they're about to catch the fight, you do get that 
you know, everything comes around with um, Albie and Portia, and they're sort of like, so, so how did yours go? Oh, it was deranged. How did yours go? Oh, she played me. And they're talking about like how they found some dead bodies on the yachts. And Portia's like, rah, can I have your number, by the way? And I, <laughs> and I was kind of like, fucking hell, like, why, why this is... <laughs> That was that was peak comedy. That was so funny. Like she's, but at the end of the day, it's so. I think that's such an like. I think he makes a really good message, right? Because it is important for um, Tanya to escape because that is just her employer. And let's be honest, yeah. Tanya would never go out on a limb for that girl. So why on earth mm-hmm. should she? Like I think yeah. that's what I'm saying, right? There's and it, it brings me back to the Lucia and um, Albi relationship as well. Like there are just certain boundaries that means certain things sadly for a lot of people like you are really just the employer like you're the employee like there's no need for you to be saving anybody's life it's not in your pay grade it's not in your pay pay it's in your pay range or whatever is it called we should have we should have um spoke about this early on in terms of um kind of theme for this season in terms of last season was rich people getting away with things this season was um the others striking back at rich people in terms of, you know, I'll be getting scammed, Tanya dying, I guess. And really? just the whole dynamic of like... I thought this season was about sex and power. Uh, sex and power as well, but I felt like, let's say, secondary theme was, you know, the... Yeah, people getting their own from these rich people, right? How do you say it? Pro- proletariats? Pro- <laughs> Proletariat. So you cannot speak English. There we go. A Bristol law graduate that cannot speak English. No Italian. That's why I did engineering, man. It's all numbers. Can't speak English, no Italian, no French. Can't speak anything. Yeah, that word strikes me back. But, um, Mia, really funny, not funny, but she literally, well, she drugged Giuseppe, kept him in the hospital, took his job, and told it. <laughs> she's so real. Mia is the she's ultimate so girl boss. I love her. Even though she Some means she hustlers. dresses so ugly, she's a stylist. But Mia is the ultimate girl boss. She girl bossed her way into a, pi- a piano pianist career. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because all the like downstairs people eventually got what they want. Yeah. Like yeah. That, that's really interesting. And you know, that's what I mean about the Commedia dell'arte because like a lot of these plays always happen with the sort of like the downstairs person being a trickster mm-hmm. and then getting one over on the like the lady of the house or the master of the yeah. house. Yeah. Um, and I just thought that that was really interesting that they sort of carried that through all the way to the end. Her and Valentina, because she indicated, well, she said in, in, in the episode that how she has a couple of lesbian friends for her and everything. The Valentina storyline, was it all about her just, you know, chill it, chill out a little bit, you know, enjoy life a, bit, a little bit and stuff? Yeah. Or was it some but sort was like, of about... about how sexual journey? Mm-hmm. I think it was also about sex and power for her because she misused mm. her power several times when she, you know, moved around all the employees because she's jealous, even at the point where she uses it to to have sex with the skull and then gives her a job. But then they have this thing where she says that, you know, when, you know, Mia is trying to sort of bargain with her so that she's not the one who has to have sex with her again. She's trying to pawn her off to her male friends. And I think Valentina sort of becomes very, very aware of how, just how transactional it is. But then I think she sort of mm-hmm. becomes okay with that because she realizes that she'd rather have something than be alone. Because I feel like yeah. I read her reaction to Rocco and um, Isabella, I believe, as her finally understanding that 
she she yeah. she just needs to find out how to live with this these new truths that she's discovered about herself and that's yeah, what yeah, really exactly. matters at this point exactly. and her and and she doesn't need to own Isabella and she doesn't need to own Mia it doesn't need to be just you get what i mean right like i think it's she's becoming as you said a bit more chill like a bit more free yeah you don't have to be in control of everything like you mentioned earlier on yeah just... but i mean in terms of like everything being transactional i think the only thing i kind of push back on is do you not feel like Valentina and Mia ended up being friends at the end? Yeah, kind of. Kind of. Yeah, because she's like, I've, you know, I've got a lot of places to show and everything. I was kind of like, yeah, these people might be, might be, you know, gals at the end of everything. So maybe it was a bit transactional, but it kind of developed into something a bit more. Than that. So did I want more from her? Do you think there was anything more to want from her, I guess? But I think her mm-hmm. kind of story wrapped up really, really nice and well. Um, yeah, I think that's everybody. Who do you think got the most... Who do you think had, like, the best um, trip? Definitely not Tanya, but which American do you think had, like, the best um, trip? Who do you think enjoyed themselves the most? Fucking Cameron, bro. He just was mischievous and he fucked his friend's wife. Yeah, that's pretty fish. And Daphne, too. I feel she had a good trip. Yeah, it's really funny. Um, I honestly think Daphne and Cameron are fine. So, I think my other question... Like... So, I, I had a couple of questions here. Like, who do you think which of the couples do you think will be around or will still be together in five years? And I think that kind of answers the question in terms of like Karen and Daphne will probably, are more likely to be together than yep. Harper and Ethan. They'll, they'll, those guys will be, I'm telling you, couples like that, they invite you to their 30-year vow renewal in Hawaii. Like, those guys will be together forever. Yeah. Because you know what he says when he gives the toast and he says, thank you for putting up with me, right? He will, like, those two will always... Because they're both game mm-hmm, players, mm-hmm. they will always find a way to be satisfied within their relationship. It was like what Portia was saying, like the last episode about will everything always be yeah. boring? Like, I think that these questions keep coming up because they are things that you get to a point in your life and you ask. And it's for the, these two, they've just decided to change the rules of the game and that's working for them. And it's like so interesting that this other couple, Harper and Ethan, needed to be introduced to mm-hmm, that game mm-hmm. in order to find a way to save their relationship. That's a good shout. That's a good shout. So, so, yeah, I mean, even at the end of, like, at the airport when she was, like, obviously looking at his, like, his black eye, then obviously, like, they kissed at the end of that. And I was just like, of course, because I've been, like, eating each other's faces all freaking trips. So, I mean, fair play to them. Fair play to them. Um, Next question. Do you think Albie and Portia are... Back in season three of The White Lotus as a couple. I don't know, but I think they will date for a while. I don't think, I don't think mm. they'll last very long, but I think I could see them dating for like a year and a half. Cool. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I really enjoy this, um, this season. I really love this season. I can't give it enough praise. I think it's, it was miles, leagues better than season one. And if season one got all the Emmy norms, I really hope this sweeps, man. Who do you reckon is most? I think I think that Megan Faye. I don't know, man. I just keep on getting back to her. I honestly think she deserves she like deserves everything for this role. Yeah, a lot of nominations, a lot of awards. Because I don't. Is it the freckles? Is it people just people with freckles? You know how um, uh, Hitchcock used to just like cast blondes around because they always had like this mischief about them. Do you think freckles is the new blonde? Um, um, I don't know that that's um. <laughs> hmm. People with freckles just can't be trusted, but. <laughs> really know I, I don't believe in this white supremacist ideology <laughs> i'll take that off with hitchcock then but um also by the way i just want a quick thing before we round up 
all you stupid idiots that say that that look in the mirror that Cam gave in the episode means that he knows that the child isn't his. You are all idiots. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be mean. I don't want to alienate the popcorn for dinner audience. I don't really get that. But you guys are idiots. That man is an arrogant man. And it just shows, if anything, it just shows how like everything to him is a game and a performance. This whole family man thing is just another role mm-hmm. he plays. The same way he, another like, mask and role that he plays is um is um devoted oh. husband right he's just a so shit what does he care about is he just he just cares about himself <laughs> yeah he he literally just cares about himself <laughs> and also um another reason why you, you know you said how was i sure that ethan and daphne slept together when ethan and harper do sleep together they bump into this the porcelain thing and it shatters on the ground and i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that's that's my clue that they have slept together. Having sex in the woods. I'm not really sure about that one, you know. But, um, yeah, I guess you got to do what you got to do. I need to do some business. Thank you very much, Haja, for going on this trip. <laughs> so there are, like, five things I see, like, every episode that just makes you shake your head over all your eyes. I mean, thank you for doing this, uh, what it was trip with us. We really appreciate it. We really enjoyed having, like, all your takes. Plus, you're, like, you know, polygot as well, so you can translate all of it. Where do you think will be the next location for the White Lotus? He did say it's a, um, it's a, it's a, an exploration of Eastern, Eastern spirituality. So it could be India, it could be Thailand or Bali. We'll never. I was going to say it could be yeah. Bali. Yeah, I reckon it could be Bali. Mm. I mean, if it's Bali, then I. You know, you can't shag in Bali unless you're married. Well, I'll... can you not? <laughs> really? You can't you shag because they, because they. Because premarital sex has been banned in Bali. So if you're not married, so if you go like on a vacation, but that's not your wife, you Mm. can't shag because they're all around. Which is pretty, I mean, it's funny you bring up vacation because I literally have in the notes here about like, I mean, Ethan and Harper, it's like, they didn't shag until the last day of the vacation. What a waste of a vacation. Which is pretty wild, yeah. (laughs) That's what I I mean. Like, how do you not know? Like, this is how you know your marriage is broken. Like, you're on, you're on an romantic Sicilian holiday and you chose to wank to Pornhub. Yeah, it's pretty mental, yeah. It's... <laughs> and go on runs as well. Ethan is the fucking cool. worst and I will never stop saying this. He's literally <laughs> the worst man alive. I hate him. With everything in me, I hate him. Oh my gosh. Anyway, guys, that was The White Lotus Season 2. Thank you very much, Haja, for coming on this ride with us. Really do appreciate it. We'll definitely be seeing you next, sometime next year. I mean, Oscars is coming up. I've watched a lot of Many Oscars potentials. I have. I, you, I. I'm pretty sure I went to the cinema pretty much every single week for the past three. Really? Weeks. So yeah, I watched wow. a lot of movies. So you're really <laughs> yeah, I watched up. a lot of movies. Over like the next like three weeks, I'm just been really busy with like you know life and work. Just need to catch up on all the movies, man. I already heard of like one movie that is seen or that is like quite a big potential. It's called Triangle of Sadness. Oh, I saw that the other week. Yeah, I've heard that's that could be that could be something. And obviously like this. Pretty tar. good, but um I actually really enjoyed it. It was mm. very funny. Really funny. Yeah. I'm not the biggest comedy guy, so we'll see. Um I mean I feel like after like last year's It's not Oscars, a comedy. It's not a comedy. It's like a satire. Oh, isn't it a comedy? It's just funny. It's like a satire of rich people. But everything satire. is now a satire of rich people, so it's kind of full and flat. Um I read a really interesting article about it, but you know. Okay. I'll send you the article actually. Thank you very much. Make sure Your to watch the new Knives Out, though. That's pretty good. I haven't even watched like Knives Out or anything. Even I've watched this. This is a movie called See How They Run, which is a really fun 
I really liked to see well. how they run. That was a really just a really nice. Film, I liked to see how they run because I liked I liked Saoirse Ronan in it, and I liked the. I liked the little like them going to Agatha Christie's house. Like I thought it was just a silly little jaunt. I loved it. Man, I wish Agatha Christie was still alive. Man, she should give us like sixty more books because Who Done It is well, Who Done It, and you know John Le Carre, Agatha Christie and John Le Carre are like the two most important people in my life. John Le Carre, John Le Carre did the Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, right? Yeah, I've literally watched all his like adaptations. I'm watching a spy TV show right now because I want to be a spy. Oh, is it is it the one with um Damien Lewis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have two episodes what is it in called? Because I saw his face, but I didn't get it. But I want to watch friend, it. A friend of Spy or something? It's got a Spy Amongst Friends. Right a Spy Amongst Friends, there we go. I'm two episodes in The way I life. haven't even watched it, and I could guess, because why would the title be A Friend with Spies? Like, <laughs> Listen, leave me alone. I'm two <laughs> why would that be the right title? Time. Where are you watching a it? A Spy Amongst Friends. It's on ITV. Okay, then I'll watch it. I'll literally watch yeah, it Yeah, right so, I mean, so I want to be a spy, right? And there's that going on. I'm like, I've heard of this TV show. It's French. It's called Le Bureau. It's yeah, I love it. It's yeah, mystery made for me. But that's kind of what I'm watching now. And it's I'm two episodes in it, so I'm like, hold I'm on, I'm gonna post it. my bureau. Do you want to be in my bureau? Please. Is that the one where you take a picture of a selfie, with your front camera, and like your selfie camera as well, and you have to post it onto something? Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, we haven't we haven't concluded this episode. <laughs> oh my god, we haven't. Oh my uh, god, <laughs> no, we haven't. Anyway, guys, thanks again for listening. Obviously, don't forget to like, rate, review, subscribe on all platforms. We'll probably be talking to you next week when we're talking about a nice movie. And yeah, have a good Christmas. And we'll see you next time when we're interviewing Sinisini. Thanks again, Hadja. Thank you, everyone. And thank you, Popcorn for Dinner, for having me. Merry Christmas. And I hope to see you in the new year. Goodbye. Arrivederci. Shut up. <laughs> and scene okay paul bankley he has got like 10 minutes of conversation